Hi friend, and welcome to Grab Your Light, the podcast, a podcast for young women of color who are trying to navigate a breakup, divorce, or co-parenting relationship with wisdom and grace, and all while maintaining their mental and emotional well-being. I'm Lauren, your host, and while I am no expert, I have been through it, and so now I'm here to walk you through it. So let's talk about it. Hi there, friends, and welcome to another episode of Grab Your Light, the podcast. If you are new here, then welcome, 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 and thank you for tuning in to my tiny section of the podcast universe. And if you are not new here, then welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to another episode So this month, we've been talking all about the legalities of divorce, like the technical things, the filing and receiving of papers, the going to court, all that not so fun, but necessary stuff. And so today I want to talk about that last step, right? Receiving the divorce decree, the notification that your divorce is final. It is legit. You are a single woman again. And then we're going to wrap up with talking about how exactly you respond to that. So let's just get into it. So I'm going to give a little bit of background just in case you're new here. If you're not new here, I talked about this, I think at the end of the last episode. So Since my ex-husband and I agreed on the majority of the matters that are included in your divorce, things like child custody and visitation, child support, spousal support, um, marital asset distribution, all of that, since we pretty much agreed on it, we decided to come to a marital settlement agreement. This meant that we would present the court via legal papers and not a trial with our joint wishes for our divorce. And then we would just wait for the court to say, sounds good to us. And even though I went to law school, I had never drafted a marital settlement agreement before. And because this was going to be like a legally enforceable document for (laughs) the rest of my life, I wanted it to be precise and accurate. But I also didn't have any money for a lawyer. So I reached out to friends from law school, whoop, whoop, law school, and one of them agreed to help me. So he gave me like a sample marital agreement and he said that I could use that as a guide. And so as I worked my way through it, he answered each and every one of my questions, no matter what day or time or how obvious the answers seemed to be. And he didn't charge me. Talk about another little angel that God gave me on this journey. Um, Again, if you are new here, I talk many, many episodes ago about a woman I worked with as soon as my marriage ended. And she was like a little angel. And I just seemed to have little angels along the way who helped me kind of survive that portion of my divorce. And so This friend of mine was another one of those little angels. And um, it took me two weeks to fully draft the agreement. I worked on a little bit each day. 
And when it was done, I presented it to my ex for him to look at. Once he looked at it and said it looked fine to him, I went down to the courthouse for that fourth visit and I submitted it. I filed it with the court. I was told that I would hear whether the agreement was approved or not in a few months. So I didn't think twice about it. You know, we all hear in the movies that divorce is not quick, that it takes months. For some people, it takes years. So I filed it and I moved along. I was just so happy to be finished with all of that paperwork and deliberation and sort of that limbo phase that I was more than relieved to hand it over and not have to do anything else. And a little over three months later, I went to check my mail after a long day of work and there was a large manila envelope stuffed in the mailbox. Now, since I had to submit a self-addressed large manila envelope when I submitted the settlement agreement, I recognized my handwriting on the envelope immediately and I knew it had to be about my divorce. I walked calmly upstairs to my home, a little nervous to open the envelope. You know, I mean, what if the agreement had been rejected or if there was an error or something? I walked straight to my kitchen counter, dropped my purse on the floor and cracked open that envelope. And on the very first sheet, I saw that our settlement agreement was approved and that as of May 23rd, we were divorced. A little over a year since those first first papers were filed, it was all done. It was a wrap. And I just stared at that document for a few moments. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it was finally over. It being my marriage, it being the process of getting divorced, it being this limbo phase. It was finally over. I also couldn't believe that I didn't feel sad. You know, I think I expected to feel sad, to cry, to feel devastated or even kind of somber. But really, I just felt relieved. You know, this chapter of my life was finished. I didn't have to go to court anymore. I didn't have to fight for what I needed with my ex-husband anymore. I didn't have to go through this elaborate explanation of my marital status anymore. It was all done, legally done. And I had navigated it as well as I could reasonably have been expected to. And so with that, you know, I called my ex-husband to see if he had gotten his papers. But he hadn't checked his mail yet, (laughs) which meant I was bearing the news. And he didn't take it so well. You know, unlike me, he didn't feel relieved he was very quiet and I could tell that he he was sad. You know, it was a, a big moment and he was certainly uh, taking in the gravity of the situation. And he did that for a couple days. You know, he stayed a little a little somber for a couple days. I then told my family and friends and I think most of them expected me to be either really sad or really happy. (laughs) And when they realized that I was neither of those, that I kind of fell right in the middle, then they fell right in the middle with me and they were content and probably also a little relieved on my behalf. And I was asked a lot if I was going to celebrate or commemorate the finalization of my divorce in any way. 
you know, and there are all kinds of creative ways to do this. Divorce parties, registries, tattoos, vacations, you name it, it's out there. Divorce parties tend to include friends to celebrate the fact that the divorce is final. Divorce registries are kind of cool. They're created so that friends and family wanting to support or celebrate can do so by helping you furnish your new life post-divorce. Divorce tattoos tend to run the gamut from dates to symbols to inspirational words. And then divorce vacations are taken with friends so you can party or relax or party then relax or relax then party, whatever you want to do. I did not do any of those. While I wasn't sad that my divorce was final, I wasn't excited about it either. It was a weighty moment and I recognized that and I respected that. It didn't feel quite right for me personally to do something to celebrate this momentous occasion. I was just content knowing it was over. That was all I needed. But then a few years later, I did decide to do a little bit of a celebration. When I hit five years of my marriage ending, which was actually the end of last year, I had brunch with my closest friends, friends who helped see me through that difficult time. And it wasn't so much a celebration of being divorced as an acknowledgement and celebration of my growth in those five years of everything I had to navigate of the life I had to rebuild and of the friendships that helped me. And that felt very authentic and true to me. You know, I'm not much of a partier anyway, so throwing a, a party wouldn't be right for me. Um, I'm also not much of a making my needs known, so a divorce registry would not be right for me. Traveling is fantastic, but again, I would probably go somewhere by myself over going somewhere with a bunch of people to party. And the tattoos, I don't have a single tattoo now. It feels very permanent. And I don't know that I want something permanent on my body reminding me of my divorce. That's just me. No judgment to all of you out there who partied, traveled, registered, or got tattooed. Go for it, girl. Do what feels right for you. What felt right for me was to just indulge myself a little bit at that time to just soak it in, take in what I'm feeling, take in how I want to process those feelings, and then slowly move through those feelings. That is what felt right for me. And then years later, I had more of a community celebration. And that has worked for me. So let's move into the tips. I have very few of them today because this subject is such a personal one. But of course, I can't just sit here rambling to you about what happened in my life. I want to make it actionable. I want to give you something to walk away with, something that helps you make a decision for yourself. So the first tip is a logistic one, and that is to file the papers away. So that 
that paper you get in that large manila envelope that tells you your divorce is finally over, you are legally divorced, you want to keep that. You want to put that in your file with all the other papers related to your divorce. And the reason you want to keep that is for if ever you need to change your marital status with something and it requires proof, you have that. Um, If you are changing your name, that will be helpful. If you have children, your co-parenting visitation and child support are detailed in there. So you want to keep that just in case anyone asks for it or in case your co-parent conveniently forgets what's in it, (laughs) you have it on hand. So you just want to keep that. I can't tell you how many times I have unexpectedly had to reference my divorce papers. So keep those in a safe space. Tip number two is to pause to observe your feelings. So no matter what you decide to do, give yourself a minute to really process that this relationship is over, this marriage is over. Now, perhaps if you were only married for like six months or something, um, you won't really need to do that. It won't be as big of a deal. But if you were married for a while or you were married to someone you deeply, deeply loved, which I guess all of us should marry people we deeply, deeply love, but you guys know what I mean. Not every marriage goes that way. Or if you, you know, um, were not the one who initiated the divorce, I think that it can be a very, a very sobering moment, sobering moment. I don't know. Sobering, I think. It can be a very sobering moment to know that this relationship is over. So take a moment, take a couple moments. My therapist has recently given me a little bit of a rule of like, take a week or two to just observe your feelings. Don't take any action. Just observe the feelings. Let them pass see how you truly feel about something. What feeling is lingering? That is likely how you truly feel. So tip number two is just pause to observe how you really feel about this relationship being over. And then tip number three is to commemorate the occasion. So if that is sitting around doing nothing, do it. If that is crying, do it. If that is reinventing yourself, go for it. If that is booking a trip, do it, girl. If that is hosting a party, host away. Do whatever you want to do. There are literally no rules. You can do whatever you want to do to commemorate this day. But I do suggest commemorating it. Just taking note that this date has occurred and what it means for you. Because really, really, girls, Really, really, once you move past the feelings, you'll look back and see that it was the beginning of a whole new life. A whole new life. I got chills just saying it. It's such a a fresh start. So commemorate that however you want, but definitely commemorate it. Even if it's just like, I think I put the date in my calendar um, so that every year, I'm reminded, which might be kind of um, torturous, but every year I'm reminded like, oh, this was the day that my divorce was final. This was the day that one life ended and a new life began. 
So you don't have to do that if that's going to make you miserable, but definitely do something to acknowledge and commemorate that this has occurred, that you survived, that you made it through, that you are going to go on to do bigger, better, greater things, that you're going to go on to be a better you, you know, and that deserves commemoration. So that is tip number three. Please, please, please commemorate the occasion in whatever way feels true to you. And that's all I've got for you for today. Nice and and short and quick and easy. So thank you again so much for tuning in to another episode of the Grab Your Light podcast. Please feel free to share it, to subscribe, follow, or leave a review. And if you want to chat about something, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I always respond. We can chat about anything you want and we can just be, you know, a little bit of a community for each other. In the meantime, I hope you have a great day, week and month. Bye.